0: for 50% off your delicious, hassle-free meals.
1: Hi, my name is Wanda Hawk. I am currently 63 years old, uh, living in Canada. I have two stories to tell you today, and my friend Zazu here is here because he would interrupt us too many times. So I'm going to start with my childhood story and then go on from there. When I was just nine years old, about a month later, there was a family picnic where my father and his best friend and his family and a couple of other people went up to a cottage or actually went up to a lake where he was building a cottage, the friend, and We ended up having a very bad boating accident where we ended up losing um, my father's friend's wife. Her name was Nora, my father, and then also my older sister, Debbie, who was not quite 12 at the time. Through that whole thing, they actually ended up almost losing me. And because of that, I had a very interesting near-death experience that I understood years and years later exactly what it is so it was a Saturday morning we were going to at first go to a picnic with another relative but at the last minute Bob phoned and asked if he would come up to if dad would come up to the cottage and help him with building the walls or something so the drive is about an hour and a half two hours from Ottawa and we had never been before And we got to the lake and it was very nice. And we were spending a very nice day. The men did what they had to do with the cottage and then went out fishing in the morning. And then in the afternoon, Bob had promised that he would take us all for a boat ride. And the kids were all excited about that. So while most of the men were resting on shore... My father, two, possibly three other men, I'm not positive if it was two or three, were resting on the shore. And what happened was the boat was just a little fishing boat that was only supposed to hold five. And it was overloaded with eight of us. So there was Bob and his wife and their two very small children who were still in diapers at the time. My mother And us three children, Oh, my brother was younger than me, and he was in the boat also. So there was eight of us in the boat. And we started out for a boat ride. And somewhere along the way, the motor conked out, and the boat flipped over, and nobody could swim. What I was told happened was... My brother had a fake leather jacket that he zipped up really tight and it got air underneath it and acted as a life jacket for him. And apparently I was hanging on to him somehow underneath the water. Now, I'm not sure if I should tell the whole story or just my remembrance of it, but they did what they had to to find everybody. And when they found me, I was lifeless. And it just so happened that one of the men on the shore had seen a TV show recently about a new thing called CPR. And so he said, well, let me see if I can do this and and if it will help. So what happened to me was I didn't see a light. I didn't see a stairway or anything like that. I ended up being in this room that was in semi-darkness. And there were lots and lots of people in this room And I describe it now as a family reunion. It was like everybody knew me and everybody was related to me. And some were friends and some were family. And there was just so much love. And it was like sitting by a fireplace with a warm quilt on. It was that much love. And so I'm looking around and I'm a little confused, but I'm also very happy And suddenly I hear my grandmother's voice and granny had died the year before. And she said to me, Wanda, it's not your time. You have to go back. And I said to her, but granny, I want to stay with you. And then I heard my father's voice, which was very confusing to me. And he said, no, Wanda, it's time for you to go back. And I need you to promise me that you'll take care of your mother. And I said, okay, daddy, but I want to stay. And he said, no, it's time to go back. So I woke up and I was in a house somewhere that I'd never been before and in a room by myself and I had no clothes on and I started yelling for my mother. With the boat accident, Nora, the the wife of, of my father's friend, she drowned, um, my sister drowned and my father also, even though he was on the shore, ran around the lake and jumped past a swampy area, and jumped into a boat that had no oars. So he started swimming towards where the the boat had been overturned. Now, my father was a very good swimmer, and he used to, for fun, swim the width of a river that's near our place, the Ottawa River, uh, as a teenager, just for fun. And so he was a very good swimmer. But by the time he had gotten to the boat, my sister had panicked and had already pulled down Bob's wife, Nora, And as I said, she drowned. By the time my father got to Debbie, she also pulled him under, and he also died. So in that day, we lost three people. But I had this really amazing, life-changing visions, near-death experience, whatever people want to call it. Uh, People have told me all kinds of things over the years. But that was my first one as a child, and it really changed my life because As a 9, 10-year-old girl, I would get myself up on Sundays and take myself to Sunday school. And religion was a very strong part of my life for the whole of my life. And I really feel it's because of that interaction with my near-death experience. And I guess that's my first story. I was blessed, and I'm going to say blessed because it really did change my life, with a second near-death experience experience. but more when I was an adult. And uh, so this is my second near death. So I was very young. I was 20, 22, maybe uh, working as a nurse full time. And I needed to have my wisdom teeth out. But I was asthmatic at the time and the dentist wasn't comfortable with doing it in the office. So he made arrangements for me to go to day surgery, have all four of my wisdom teeth out, and then they could monitor me before they sent me home. So the day came and we ended up having to go to a small town about two hours from here in order to have it done because the waiting list was way too long for another to go to a hospital here in Ottawa. So I went and it was your usual prep and things went well in the surgery and then what happened next was very I guess because I was a nurse it was very apropos very I don't know what the word would be Um, this one was quite interesting too and completely different from my childhood one so I guess what happened was Because of the anesthesia, I stopped breathing and my heart had stopped in the recovery room. And I just remember all the bells and whistles going off. And remember, I was nursing at the time, a nurse at the time, all the bells and whistles going off and somebody bringing the crash cart over to the patient in the bed. And I was standing in the corner and I was watching this and I'm thinking, oh, I better get over there and do my job. So I went over to the bed and I was getting very angry because I couldn't get in close to the bed to the patient. People were all doing their things around me and, you know, get me this and get me that and keep doing this and okay, take over CPR, you know, the whole thing. And But they wouldn't let me do my job and it was really starting to piss me off, excuse my language. But the next thing you know, I'm up on the ceiling or from a higher plane and I'm looking down and it was like, Oh, that's me. So I'm watching them working on me, and I'm listening to what they're saying, and I'm thinking, wow. And I just watched from there. And then I'm thinking, wow, you know, nothing. That's all that I could think of was, wow, that's me. And so next thing you know, womp, I'm back in my, my body, and I wake up, and they say, you know, Take it easy. You had a little complication after, but you're fine now. And we're gonna keep you under observation for a little while and then we're gonna send you home. And I said, Did my heart stop? Yeah. I said, I died. And the doctor looked at me and said, What are you talking about? And I said, My heart stopped. I said, I saw you do the CPR. And he said, What do you mean? I said, I saw the crash card. I saw you guys working on me. He said, No, 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 no. He said, You didn't see any of that. He said, Wanda you're a nurse, you know how it goes. He says, you know, the steps to get somebody going. And he said, you weren't gone for that long, but we got you going again and you're fine. And then I looked at him straight in the eye and I said, now I don't remember what I told him, but I told him something that he'd said to a nurse in the room while this was all going. And it was something that wasn't normal, not something that you would normally say in a code. And he looked at me and his face just went white And he said, oh, and he couldn't get out of there fast enough. So I thought that was very interesting. And I told my mother on the way home and she had the same reaction as the doctor. And so I really didn't think much of it. But that really changed my life also because, as I said, I was nursing at the time. And whenever I got the chance and there was a patient that I knew was near dying a few days away or you know, they didn't have a lot of family or that type of thing. The staff knew where to find me all the time. I would always be in that room. And I always found they were more peaceful. And so was I when I was in the room with them. And I'm not saying it's because it was me that was in the room, but it was because there was somebody there that cared. And even if I had just met them the night before, or they came in three days ago, or they'd been in with us for a month actively dying, I spent that time with them, gently talking to them, assuring them that things are all right, you know, they're going to be out of pain soon. And I would never get too much into the religious aspect, because I respect that there are so many religions out there. But I would let them know that, you know, soon they would be out of pain. And, you know, I'm right here. And I would do things like massage their hands, you know, put oil on there, anything I could do that I could think would make them comfortable. But mostly, I just sat there and talked quietly or read a book. Sometimes I would just bring a book with me if it was the middle of the night. And I would sit there in the room and I would read to them or read to myself while I sat there. But which brings me to a very interesting phenomenon that happened not once but twice. And I honestly believe that I saw two souls leave their body at the moment of death. And both times were different. The first time, again, like I said, it was at the moment of death. And nurses know and practitioners know that there's noises that, that bodies make and, you know, the settling. And I hate the word, but they call it the death rattle. And anyways, so this the first patient, I saw something... It was just very much like, think of somebody who's vaping, who's just taken a big puff of their e-cigarette and they're letting it go. And that's what I saw was this mist coming and it wasn't really coming from the body. I'm just, I'm not coming from the mouth, but I'm saying this mist just rose from the body near the heart and it just sort of floated and then dissipated in the air mm-hmm. And I thought, wow. And I took my stethoscope and put it on their heart and, you know, check the time of death, the usual nursing things. The second time I was again with a patient and it was near death. And this time it was a woman and she was very chatty and very friendly when she was with us before and that type of thing. And you get to know their families And so this woman, the family had decided that they were going to go and have a meal or go and get some rest or whatever. And I said, don't worry, I'm here. I'll watch over her. And so I did have a few minutes and I snuck into her room and I was sitting beside her and I said, hey, missus, I'm here. You know, the family's just gone out, but I'll be with you while you're here. And as I was sitting there, out of the corner of my eye, I literally see her sit up, not her, the body, but her, an essence of her, I don't wanna use the term ghost, but that's the best way I could describe it. It was just an essence of her and she literally sat up in the bed and she looked around and then she got up on a plane that I didn't see, like a level that I wasn't seeing myself. And she stood straight up and she turned around and she looked at herself and then she just sort of walked off. And again, I checked her her pulse and I checked her heart rate and she was gone. And that was very profound to me. Sitting with the patients and being with them uh, near their time was very special to me and I found comfort for myself and i found a lot of peace with it and people look at me when i'm nuts like i'm nuts when i i don't necessarily tell that story very often but when i say that i found it very peaceful to be sitting with dying patients actively dying patients they think i'm crazy but i've noticed a trend in the last I don't know, 10 or 15 years that now there's something called a death doula. And I really feel like that's something that I would love to do. And I would love to be able to be given that chance and be able to have the gift of being with people as they are near the end and crossing over to their side and to their family and to whatever they say is heaven to them. I now work as a frontline worker at a men's homeless shelter and it's totally different a thousand percent but again it's something that I found I can sit with people and fill them with peace or give them peace help them to relax into themselves and I really feel that both these jobs in my life were meant for me and that I was meant to be here to help people.